you for listening to the Just Completed program. If you'd like to offer feedback on any of our programming, please email us at info at wpfw.org. He's Chuck Modiano. I'm Dave Zirin. We're absolutely positively depending on you in fundraising moment and in a fundraising mode. We are thrilled to be here in what are difficult times. Chuck, how you doing, sir? I'm all right, DZ. How about yourself? Man, so much going on. Looking forward to getting folks to support the show. Looking forward to get folks to support WPFW. Very excited at 20 minutes after the hour. We're going to have Katia Stitt on with us, which is always so important so people can hear what truly is the message and mission of WPFW. But this is where sports and politics collide. And certainly, Chuck, I think we need to talk about Steve Wilkes, the now fired defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. We, we do need to break that down because it's evocative of something bigger in the National Football League that has everything to do with jazz and justice and the mission of WPFW. We also want to absolutely shout out on this show uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo soccer players. I don't know if you saw this, Chuck, but they, uh, during the anthem, did their own Kaepernick-esque expression calling for mm. peace during the Africa Cup of Nations, calling for peace in their country. And that, that was a very high-risk move on their part, and it's getting international um, and I'm so glad about this. It's getting international notice. And if we can just be one grain of sand in that international notice, that's important because that's what's going to keep these players safe going forward from making a right. statement like that. So, But it's impossible to start the show, Chuck, without talking about something that is about as American as America could be. And that's a, a mass shooting at a Super Bowl parade. In Kansas City, Missouri, yesterday. Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty person, American. Pretty American, right there. One person killed, twenty-one shot, uh, eight victims in critical care. Nine of those children. Uh, one of our radio sisters, Lisa Lopez Galvan, DJ for a Kansas City radio station, who hosted a show called Taste of Tejano, was killed. Now, Joe Biden said afterwards that this shooting cuts deep in the American soul. But Chuck, and I throw this to you, this is the American soul. It is the American soul. It doesn't cut deep into the American soul. This is the American soul. And the coming together of the Super Bowl and a mass shooting, I mean, first and foremost, a tragedy. And we are in our prayers for everybody affected and everybody traumatized. But there's something deeper here, too, my man. There is something far deeper at work. Chuck, what were your thoughts when you heard about the shooting? And then I can get into all of my depths of feelings about this. I think you nailed it. It's it's American as apple pie. It is here because we have done nothing to stop it. We do go through this multiple times every year. We go through this. I mean, you go, Sandy, okay, you could give a list. I'm not going to give the list. We all know. We have gotten to a point where there are mass shootings and it, it's barely a one-day story where it used to be, you know, weeks on end. And 
So you have, you know, politicians being bought, whether it's the NRA buying the politicians now at home domestically or APAC in the military industrial complex buying the politicians globally. I hope you'll be able to talk about your article about the weapon of mass distraction that was the Super Bowl as Gaza was being bombed to bits. It's all the same. The root is capitalism when you really want to get down to it that is controlling all of these politicians to do absolutely nothing but offer thoughts and prayers. I mean, I'll let you get into the details. I'm kind of tired of talking about it. We talk about it. Nothing happens. Maybe we could leverage the Super Bowl. I, the past history does not give me reason to be hopeful. So uh, I don't see us. I don't see this. I mean, the, the media is already on to the next story, for goodness yeah. sake. But here's what I mean by deeper, because we're caught in this tragedy, in this numbing cycle, because let's be honest, this country, the United States, more than other countries, holds such a reverence for the gun. Now, why does this country love the gun so much? You can't separate it from the way this country's culture glorifies the founding of the United States, the expansion West, and the conquering of the indigenous people in their paths, and the subjugation of enslaved people in the United States. The glorification of the gun stems from the very fact, it's baked into the cake of this country. Yes, And it doesn't take a sociologist to notice the brutal irony that this mass gun tragedy takes place at a celebration of a Kansas City team adorned with a Native American mascot. And I want to say something about that because some people look at indigenous mascotting and they say, what's the big deal? Why does it even matter? Why isn't it just like the Minnesota Vikings? I mean, what's the big deal? No. Indigenous mascotting, you got to know the historical roots of this stuff. It derives from 100 plus years ago celebrating, literally celebrating, and I want to use that word very carefully. They celebrate the savagery, quote unquote, of native people as if native people were little more than a jaguar or a wildcat or a Detroit lion. But then what you're doing is you're complementing your own military might in your ability to defeat them. And this is why we also have things like Tomahawk missiles, where we called the invasion into uh, killing bin Laden. Wasn't that Operation Geronimo, I believe? I mean, when you see native people as exclusively warlike, that's more than just racist. To not see native culture, to not see native beauty, to not see native life, but to see native people as exclusively warlike, it also provides an unspoken justification for genocide. So native mascots are best understood as a celebration of settler colonialism. And there's no settler colonialism without the gun. And as you said, the U.S. exports settler colonialism and the settler colonialist project that we have our eyes on is the ethnic cleansing taking place in Gaza. Because it's the same cowboy myth. You expunge the indigenous savages through a savagery that the indigenous people themselves could not hope to either replicate or imagine. What we're seeing in Gaza is the same cowboy myth, except it's being brought to you by Lockheed Martin instead of Paramount Pictures. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it because the similarities are so strong like this reverence that a gun will wipe out the undesirables when your actions are what is undesirable to any society built on anything resembling civilization. And it's hard not to think of the Gandhi quote when asked about Western civilization, when he said they should try it sometime. Right. Western civilization, an oxymoron. Western civilization, we're we're bombing is okay. It's interesting about Western civilization. I, I've noticed like the method uh, of murder, you know, it, it means a lot. And, and I'm going to take a step back. We're talking about a country that still has a holiday for, I would argue, maybe the worst figure in history is for Christopher Columbus, as far as savagery 
um, that comes straight from his own diaries of, of what he did. And you can't even revere him as an explorer because he never even set foot in America. And, and this is the country we're in. And let me say, we, we love violence. In, in And I have to add something because I think this is an expression in 2023 of the violence like beyond Gaza in that in Alabama on January 5th, Kenneth Smith was put to death using nitrogen gas. And, and, and it wasn't until 22 minutes that he was pronounced dead and he was gasping for air and he was writhing and and, and the, the, the the gurney was slamming. This is this is America. America says this is okay. And here's what I could tell you when for, for 22 minutes, Kenneth Smith could only wish he was beheaded. He could only wish that he was beheaded, which is often used in, in false stories to enact the terror and the horror that we do on Gaza, that if if um, they beheading this or beheading that. Beheading, you know what? Yeah, it, 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 it ain't great, but you die instantly. Here we torture you. We well, torture you in America. So, so like, and when we have this conversation about Western civilization, I've talked to other people. What, what we find is that, that what that means is the United States will murder you in what they think is an appropriate way, which is absolutely inappropriate. Well, when you talk about the death penalty, it, it raises that same question. Because to me, it all goes with what we're talking about. Why is the United States not just, you know, the number one user of the death penalty, not per capita, but overall. But why? Why are we the country that executes children? You know, what? Why do or people who are arrested, I should say, as children and convicted as children? Like, why has the death penalty? Why is it so woven into the fabric of this country? I mean, it can't be separated from that. Death is so woven into the fabric of this country, and death being seen as a solution to societal ills. So it's like, oh, we, we have a problem with this. Well, we need more prisons. Oh, well, we have a problem with school shootings. Well, we need to arm teachers. Like, oh, well, we have a problem in this area. Like, we can't even have a public parade after the Super Bowl. And they had, for what was a, a relatively small parade um, in terms of geographic land, they had 800 police officers out there that day, Chuck. Right. 800. And it didn't mean a darn thing. And the mayor said afterwards... We could have, he basically said this. We could have had 80,000 police officers. He said it doesn't really matter how many police officers you have out if someone is committed to carrying out such an atrocity. Isn't that what we say is when we talk about abolition and not and having police? Isn't the police officer saying the same thing now that, that the number of police don't matter? Thank that's you for the agreeing. The mayor is saying that, that the number of police did not matter. And yeah. it, it, it go, like you just said it, Chuck, it goes to what, we're saying about like, so then it raises a bigger question. And it's something that I don't think the it's so funny. Like we can talk about the sports world's response to the shooting. But um, but like the question is really like, how do we stop violence? The question is, how do we enact restorative justice? The question is, how do we face the past and come up with some sort of plan about uh, reparations or reconciliation for the future? But that's the last thing much of this country even wants to hear. And the reason why I said it's funny, the response is that certain people in the sports world are being called very brave when they reported in the aftermath of the shootings, this country really needs to do something about these shootings. Like, wow, he just took it somewhere political. This country has a problem. One person is being, I don't feel like naming names, but one person is being praised because he said on ESPN, this country is wonderful, but we do have our problems. And one of our problems is guns. And I'm just like, people couldn't go to a Super Bowl parade. I mean, if you think the problem is just guns and not the culture of violence that we've created in this country. Look, I'm not saying this stuff shouldn't be tried to be conquered legislatively, but we know why it's not conquered legislatively. Because there is a section of this country that is so and politicians and gun manufacturers and lobbyists, the whole death lobbying industry, as they call themselves, is so tied into this culture that it makes any sense of social peace impossible. That, to me, is a bigger issue than, well, this country is great, but jeepers, creepers, heaven forfend. 
you know, someone bring a gun. No, it, it runs so much deeper. And you know it runs deeper for something that you said earlier, Chuck, which is that we hear these stories and the numbness that envelops us, the numbness that we can do anything, the numbness that there's a solution. Well, we have to start. This is something Howard Zinn said. He's the great historian said that if we're not ans- if, no, if we're not offering bold solutions, we will never find people bold enough to try to advance those solutions. So we don't capture people's imaginations to fight for a better world unless you're offering a bold solution. And this is where, where, where I'm, I'm absolutely putting my feet down, Chuck, on this one. It's like we need a bold solution that addresses issues of reparations, that addresses issues of reconciliation, mm-hmm. that addresses the, the, the bloody founding of this country for the purposes of not having a bloody future. And that's the mistake people always make. They think that people like us are looking backwards because we can't rem- we don't want to forget the past. And well, that's true. But we don't want to forget the past precisely because we want a better future, not because we're dwelling solely on the past. And that's very important. And, and, and let's be clear. It's funny when you fight for um, uh, social justice and racial justice and economic justice, you're told about. You know, it didn't forget about the past. Let's let's be clear. It doesn't forget about the past. Um, everybody who celebrates, we have President's Day coming up, who celebrates people who've enslaved other human beings. This is this is what we do, and 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 that's like a week from now. How is this? How are we still celebrating Christopher Columbus? How are we still celebrating slaveholders? This is what we do. So, and when you're talking about people talk about the past, I need to know why you can't stop talking about the past. I mm. want to know why you can't stop talking about people who enslave people, why you can't let go of, of, of the worst murder of Christopher Columbus. Let's have that discussion before we talk about, you know, people who want to pursue justice. Those wow. are two different things. Who's, to, who's really talking about the past and can't get let go? No, you, that, say, you say you can't let go of slavery. You can't let go of slaveholders. And they're more concerned. It's so interesting that they're because as, as someone who's whose partner teaches history in D.C. public schools and is constantly trying to fight to make sure that the history is actually taught to our young people, you know, they're more concerned about, you know, get, you know, I'm all for STEM. Make no mistake about it. But you have to all people also have to see that the investment this country is making stem, of course, being science, tech, math. I mean, all of that stuff is very important and we want everyone to have access to it. But people got to understand that they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's like they're investing this stuff while they're denigrating things like history, while they're teaching less history, while they're teaching less uh, social studies, sociology. I mean, they want us to know less about the past so we can have people more in tune with the jobs of the future. When what does it matter if people have these great tech jobs if they can't walk in the street to get a carton of milk for fear that there's going to be a shooting? You know, what does it matter if they fear if they fear when they see a police officer on the street? What does it matter if you know they're watching the nightly news with their kid and they hear a story? like the one you told about the death penalty, which, you know, will put nightmares in their minds for the next two weeks. You know, it's like this idea of freedom needs to be refigured and rethought. And I, and you're right, Chuck, you're right. It would be so naive of me to say, well, the fact that it's the Super Bowl means that maybe people will look at this a different way. And this could become a watershed moment where we actually have the discussion because I mean, I'm not that naive. You know, even though I'm accused as such sometimes. But I do know that at the very least, we here on the collision and we here at WPFW, we we can at the very least strive to be that light in the storm. The, the people trying to keep the match lit, the people trying to say we're not going to succumb to numbness. We're not going to succumb to apathy. We're not going to succumb to a quiet, individualized sadness. And we are instead going to reach out and say the way the world is, is not the way it has to be. That was well said. That was well put. I might, I think I say a phrase that you said better. But listen, when people tell me like protest doesn't matter and this and that, I can't always tell you 
you know, this resistance and fighting empire is going to matter. But I can guarantee you if we do nothing, nothing will change. So it's a very simple um, decision that we have to bring clarity and call out these injustices. We can't guarantee we'll make the change, but we'll guarantee we won't if we shut up. Mm. Amen. Very well put. Very well put. I I, got to tell you that the pressure right now on people is so intense. You know, just the pressure of life, the pressure of what's happening in the world, the pressure of the price that I think people are paying by turning a blind eye. And so for us to be able to create spaces where people can talk, spaces where we can speak about issues that otherwise people are scared to talk about. I mean, for goodness sakes, and this would be a, a way to bring her into the conversation, Katia Stitt sent me something that was so upsetting about a high school basketball coach, and you know I coach basketball, who was suspended for wearing a pro-Palestinian crew neck during a game. Oof. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so and that, that's a sports issue. That's a freedom issue. And that's a question that gets posed of what price – do we pay when people feel that silenced in the face of atrocities? What price, what, what price does our soul pay as a nation? And that's why I say what happened in Kansas City just doesn't, it's not just about it cutting deep into the American soul, it's revealing the American soul, a soul that desperately needs to heal. I do believe we have Katia Stitt on the line. I would love it if we could talk about how people can support WPFW. Um, good morning, Dave and Chuck. And yes, we want you all to support WPFW. I'm sorry. It's been just a tough morning. It has. And we need your support now, you all. We are trying to do really good work here. We don't always make the mark, but we are trying to do our best. And The Collision is one of those shows that does its best. Every time they hit the airwaves, they're prepared. They really do bring you the collision of sports and politics. That in itself has silenced so many other places. You know, we have a few other outlets, Real News Network, Edge of Sports, Chuck Modiano and his his street reporting. And I don't know if he's still at Deadspin, but, you know, um, there are not many places like WPFW. There are not many shows like The Collision. We have a modest goal this morning. And by the way, if you don't mind, Dave and Chuck, I just have to take a moment because Democracy Now! folks came through beautifully and I didn't have a chance to thank all of them. So I just want to take a moment. I don't know if they're still listening, but I think we should should just give them a shout out. We want to thank Annandale, um, Anonymous out of Annandale, Virginia, and Anonymous out of D.C., Charles out of Annapolis. Thank you so much. Anonymous out of Annapolis. Anonymous, oh, I said that already. They say best source of news and community information on the air. Keep up the great work. We rely on the reporting that you provide. Charles says, keep telling truth to power. Bob out of White Plains, Maryland. Alice Hayes out of Washington, D.C. Anonymous out of D.C. Beverly out of D.C. And Ibrahim out of Chantilly, Virginia for you all this morning. So Ibrahim's getting us started. Thank you so much, Ibrahim. See you kind of dried my tears there. Thank you, Ibrahim. We have $475 to go, folks. We can do this together. And, um, you know, it, it. I know there's all this, like, the, 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 the firewall, right? We're supposed to be um, unaffected and objective and all. But, mm-hmm. but we are witnessing genocide in real time. This is not a time to be unaffected. <laughs> this is a time to lean in to humanity, lean into all of who you are. And that is what the collision allows you to do with this discussion. Dave, you mentioned the Congolese players. Do you know their symbol was they had two fingers to their heads and their hands over their mouths mm-hmm. to say, peace. This is what we need, peace, and stop killing us. I mean, that is a powerful image. Look it up. You can see it for yourself. And, and the beautiful thing out of all of this, all of the horror we see, is that we see Palestinians joining forces with Congolese, joining forces with the Sudan, joining forces with Yemen, and it's just moving around the world. And we see it, bring it coming right back here to this crime bill in D.C., for instance, and how that's affecting our um, black and brown neighbors in the city 
all around this country. We see links to what's happening in Palestine. WPFW and the collision is one of the few rare, beautiful places that you can get this. Please support it, support that which supports you. So we can be here for 47 years. I heard Jordan uh, uh, Strudwick, a brand new, very young, I mean, he's in his mid twenties, I think, one of our best programmers. And last night he said, I want WPFW to be here for my children and, and not just to be here. I want them to be able to participate and to understand the jewel that it is for speaking truth to power, for bringing you this music and message. And so if you understand that's the purpose of WPFW, if you understand how beautifully the collision fulfills the mission of WPFW, we ask you to pledge your support now, 800-222-9739. Or again, you can go online to WPFW pfwfm.org $475 to go we can do the cash app as well or dollar sign WPFW please make it happen you might not be in the streets you not, might not be at your city council meeting or up on the hill you might not be able to make calls or write letters but you can pledge to WPFW and when you do that you are speaking truth to power because you've got to know there are forces that would like nothing more than not to have us here not to have us reporting on this right now. So please be part of the resistance. Call 800-222-9739, WPFWFM.org. We want to thank Gary. Thank you out of Baltimore. Always great to hear you. And thank you for supporting. 425 to go, gentlemen. We can do this together. We can. And Katia, I, 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 feel, I feel your tears. I really do. Uh, some of it is the times in which we live. Some of it is Sometimes the response by people yes. gets very tough. And, Talk and, about that. Well, I've had people say to me, you know, because I've been saying like, yo, you know, this shooting, you can't separate this shooting at the Super Bowl parade from what's happening in the Middle East. You can't separate it. It's the same gun manufacturers. It's the same mentality. It's the same outgrowth of the settler colonialist myth of the 18th and 19th centuries. It's 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 all connected in there. And people say to me, well, you're exploiting that tragedy for the purposes of your own political agenda. And to that, I'm just like, I can't imagine what the alternative to that would be. Silence in the face of tragedy. It's not exploitation. It's an effort to organize so we don't have to live this way. Yeah. And so that that really, I should say, grinds my gears, as it were. When people try to say, well, you're exploiting a tragedy, when what we're trying to do is explain it, explain right. it so we don't have to live this way any longer. And, and I find you start trying to explain in 137 different ways for those who you believe are decent and don't get it. Because you were talking about the response to the tragedy. When I think, and I think everybody at some point had these periods where like you break down and want to cry and all that stuff, uh, cry or want to cry or either way. And, and when I think about when I, when I'm at my most, I don't know if to press the word, just, just down, it's not the complicit murdering by the United States, because I actually on some level expect that. Like that's not, a shock to me that the United States would fund a genocide to, to, to keep its military positioning in Israel. That's not like surprising. It's the people around you who you thought would not subscribe to this genocide, that you thought were decent enough and wouldn't do so, or would have crazy machinations in their brain and twist into knots to make the most ridiculous justification or turn their head the other way and to a point where and i know i'm not the only one saying this or people listening that you people have been changing their social circles there's some people i'm not messing with no more we were not going to agree to disagree on genocide you're involved or you're on the other side period so and i'm going back to to to, to old time friends and things like that i'm changing my circle i can't be around people anymore i mean unless you force you have to for work and whatnot but i can't be around people in my social circle who just want to go about their day and have fun and let america murder people abroad and let us have a mass shooting after the parade i can't do it so in many ways i feel the response is more hurtful than what we're doing from a po po politician's point of view because i expect that 
Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm excited um, when we speak to Atan because he's dealing with this because he very bravely signed on to the athletes for a ceasefire statement. And I know that, and you know, with, with the attendant backlash that comes in because a Tom Thomas is someone with courage in this athletic community, Always but, has. but can I tell you something? Yeah. I, I'm feeling a little bit down to even praise a courage because we're praising his courage because thousands of other athletes didn't sign on with him. Right. Like I wish we were in a situation where he was one of a mass of people in the athletic community. Instead, like he has many times in his political life, Atan is needing to stand out there um, with, with very few allies. And we have to be, it's like the story I read about the high school coach in Jersey um, who was suspended. It's like, we, we have to be honest about the fact that it's not just that people are apathetic or that people are bloodthirsty. Some people are really scared. They're scared. And, they have reason to be scared. It's like they're not making that up. Like there are other issues where I have felt like people used fear as a bit of a cover for an action. This is not one of them. I mean, this man was suspended for wearing a, a, a few colors. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And stories of people being suspended for wearing this or that, for having a watermelon pin. I mean, it, it, it's, it's really, really stunning. Anyone in, anyone in Hollywood could be Kaepernick at any time. No, it's unbelievable. I mean, people are <laughs> people yesterday were going after Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend because he wore a ceasefire pin uh, to an awards event. And it's just like, what is the mentality to be against a ceasefire? You know, to just say, let's I mean, especially because Netanyahu has refused uh, treaty agreements that would cause for the hostages to come home. It's not about hostages. It's Never about has been. Never has been. It's about Never land. Has. Hey, I would like uh, Taylor Swift's current boyfriend to wear that pin. That would be nice. I don't know who that is, though. Just <laughs> but 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 I digress. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to ask Magic Mike. Mike, should we keep going, or um, do we need to take Actually, a break? Actually, it's Shep Sue. It's Shep Sue today, oh, Dave. I didn't know. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And he has that song for you. We won't forget. Can you tell us a little bit about that song, Katia? I absolutely, I'd be thrilled. So um, it is a collaboration between a Congolese artist and a Palestinian artist. Uh, the Palestinians artist, oh, I don't want to name the wrong artist. I'll, on, the, on the other side, I can tell you the names. But it's a beautiful collaboration. Look up the video. It's called We Won't Forget. And it is powerful, and they're joining forces, and they're saying enough. So um, thank you, Dave, for humoring me today and oh. allowing us to share it, given the fact that we talked about the Congolese standing up. And they, they've been standing up. This is a thing. It's not new. I just have to say that. The Congolese have been standing up for so very long, so very long. We're just hearing more about it now because of what is happening in Palestine. And thank God that we are. So that's all I have to say about it. No. Wow. Let's hear it. We won't forget. We won't. We won't forget. We won't forget. We won't forget. We won't forget. Dean Smiles. Sharia. Check it. We won't forget the men them. We won't forget the children. Can't resurrect them. Can't forget that we got censored. And for those who didn't speak out, trust me, we remember. We won't forget the violence or the tyrants who wanna dehumanize us. These times are unprecedented. First we wanted peace, now we want vengeance. A million refugees looking for shelter. I can't believe they put their hands out. We didn't help them. Can't drink the poison. Don't forget Starbucks funded the oppression. The list goes on. The boycott's coming. The boycott feelings and his anger is summoned. Can you feel the tension? Burning in your stomach Allah by my side Won't surrender to nothing And we won't forget nothing From Palestine to the Congo We won't forget Worldwide feel them pronto We won't respect From Palestine to the Congo Bring the fire to the jungle Hear the sound of the bongos If you hear me say it once more We won't forget From Palestine to Congo I'm so tired of being humble Meet me in the jungle On a block like my tumbo Hear the sound of the bongos 
like it's gumbo. If y'all can get a piece of the pie, then let it crumble. On n'oublie pas, les bombes qu'ils ont lancées sur nous pour cela. Nous vengerons par les chansons et nos voix. Prends cet enfant dans tes bras. Desde el Rio del Mar, Palestine sera libre. Uh -huh. No pueden tratarnos como juguetes, no lo olvidaremos a los inocentes que mataron a ustedes. Me sonan en la raza, anata vecker, wala nansa, biruh mi dam, anasru karib, hadwa adna. Filistin, duwala ramdas, en oldurulan, chujuklara, nutni a jazz, on la de chun sabashiru's biz. Son sus a kazar, from Palestine to Congo. We won't forget, worldwide fit on pronto. Here on the collision 89.3 FM WPFW, your home for jazz and justice, trying to change the world one broadcast at a time. Katia, can you tell us a little more about what we just heard? Absolutely. So it is a collaboration by a group calling themselves the Dean Squad. And um, the Dean Squad is, in fact, um, Carter Zahir and Jay Dean. And Carter. I might have this backwards. Carter, I believe, is from Palestine and Jadine is from the Congo. And um, they've been around since 2015, just so you know. And they are most notable for the recognition of adding an Islamic twist to mainstream hits. <laughs> and I think they do that beautifully in this song. And so I don't know. It might not be everyone's cup of tea, but honestly, I'm down for the solidarity of it. This is why I listen. You know, Johanna turned me on to it and I cannot get enough of it. And really when I'm down on this issue, I listen to songs like that to remember that there is solidarity all around us and there is great solidarity and it's growing. And, you know, whatever our governments are not doing, at some point they got to come to the people and they will fall and they will have to do what we say. It may not be Today, it may not be tomorrow, it might not be a year from now, but at some point there will be a reckoning. I am, am, am really um, believing in that, and I know that WPFW and The Collision are a part of that, of changing hearts and minds, getting people to understand what is really happening there, reporting from, the, from people on the ground, hearing from people on the ground like we did this morning on Democracy Now!, like you all are reporting all the time. I know, Chuck, you're out there talking to people all the time. And so we are doing this work and we ask you to support The Collision Now, 800-222-9739, or you can go online to WPFWFM.org. And again, let's see, let's check in. Oh, goodness, fellas, do we have a bell there? No one is a new member, but we got to ring the bell because people are coming through beautifully. So, ding, Jeff, ding. can you, yeah, ding, 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 there you go. Catherine. <laughs> there it is. There's uh, the bell. Catherine says, come on, y'all, chip in from Tacoma Park. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. Jeffrey says um, he's a sustaining and longtime, oh, goodness, he's a sustaining and longtime member. I have watched an NFL, I haven't, I think he's saying I haven't watched an NFL game for many years being a member of Kappa Alpha Psi, as is Colin Kaepernick. Oh, very nice. The collision does make me give more, as does Ilhan and Kong. Uh, Il Ilhan and Corey in Congress, A. Vuitton and Chuck, keep up the great work. Jeff Reed, that's what he says. And Anonymous out of Silver Spring, you all are getting us there. We have, we need only two hundred more dollars, folks. Two hundred more dollars to go, and we will be golden. So please, eight hundred two 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 nine seven three nine WPFWFM.org. You all are coming through beautifully. We love you. You are really the magic. You are our purpose and changing the world. Dave, Chuck, back to you. Thank you. 800-222-9739. That's what we want you to call. Support the collision, support WPFW, and support the work, and support just having a space where people don't have to feel afraid. That's, that's what I feel is so important. 
But speaking of all these issues, Chuck, to move to something a little less on the global tragedy front and a little more a window into what makes the NFL so problematic as an institution, we move to the story of Steve Wilkes. Uh. Chuck, can you tell our listeners who Steve Wilkes is and what happened to him yesterday? Steve Wilkes is a black NFL coach currently, well, as of yesterday, the defensive coordinator for the Super Bowl 49ers, Super Bowl bound 49ers. And he was fired uh, uh, today. He's relieved of his duties, as Kyle Shanahan says. And and Dave, you know, I've actually defended Kyle Shanahan in the past because he does consistently hire um, black coordinators and whatnot. But this was such a scapegoat job. And I think the third time that Steve Wilkes has been done dirty, we may or may not get into that in his previous stops, that he uh, he was really done dirty. But this really, really angers me and a lot of people because he had the number three defense. He had the number three defense this year. Now, yeah, points allowed. For most of the Super Bowl, shut down Patrick Mahomes. That and for most great job. You know what? Let me put some data on what you just said, DZ, because I was doing a little bit of uh, research in Patrick Mahomes, 18 playoff games. Never before was he held to three points in the first half. So the first half, he Steve Wilkes of all his 18 playoff games, shut him down for the first half. Now let's bring it to regulation. At the end of regulation. For the only the third time, he, Patrick Mahomes was held under 20 points in 18 games. Only twice, two other games was he held under 20 points in regulation. In other words, if your defensive coordinator holds Patrick Mahomes under 20 points, you need to win that game. You need to win that game. They've done their job. But there was an extra quarter because of all these mistakes on offense. And we could point to a lot of mistakes. That's on Kyle Shanahan. So they get some extra time. They score in extra time. And Steve Wilkes, the black man, again, is this scapegoat. And here's the interesting thing. I'm trying to understand the logic. And when I listened to what Kyle Shanahan was saying, they said he wanted, they wanted to continue with the same offense. And the writers meaning the same um, offensive defenses before, scheme before. They didn't actually let Wilkes put in his own scheme. He still had the number three defense. So what the writers were saying, I'm reading ESPN, and they're talking about they slipped, they took a step back this year. They had the number one offense um, last year, and they took a step back, and they made it sound like the number three defense. One point less per game. One point less per game is some big step back. So I decided, let me look, let me look up the stats. Guess what? Since the Legion of Boom, we have not had a team have back-to-back years with a number one offense with the same coordinator. It just doesn't happen. That's how hard it is um, since the Legion of Boom actually had four years in a row. And and since that time, there's been no defense that has a number one back-to-back. So here's what Bosby, we're asking of Steve Wilkes. The black defensive coordinator, what we ask of no other person, no other defensive coordinator, no other coach. It is the epitome of holding a black man to, a, in sports anyway, black women outside of sports to a higher and and then actually trying to make justifications that have no basis in reality and they are completely ahistorical. You know, what? It's the, you mentioned the past of Steve Wilkes. I mean, he's somebody who's also been fired at a couple of other stops where he should not have been fired uh, or he was performing at a high level. And people who say, like, why are you racializing? And it becomes this question of who becomes the scapegoats in these different situations. And in this case, one of the things that's problematic about it to me is that Kyle Shanahan who, you know, not incidentally is a legacy. His father, Mike Shanahan, of course, coached here, you know, so he had his own, you know, very potent form of affirmative action. There, he made a lot of mistakes, Kyle Shanahan did. A lot of mistakes. Like, someone even calculated, I mean, it's, it's wild, like the 10 moments that the 49ers could have won the Super Bowl 
if they had only done this one thing. You he know, didn't even know the OT rules, DZ. He didn't, he didn't know. know the rules which changed um, uh, whether he receives or, or not. How can a coach not know the new OT rules? Is wild. I mean, the fact that he took the ball at the beginning, people are, you know, I think even Travis Kelsey said we looked at each other on the sideline like did he just choose to take the ball first. Yeah, they he gave his own team a disadvantage. <laughs> Crazy. Travis Kelsey was laughing at him like, really? OK, thank you, Kyle Shanahan. So now you take your uh, 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 the, the distraction of your horrible performance of those 10 moments. I, I could get into other moments. And then you, that Steve Wilkes becomes the story for the third time being um, done dirty. Yeah. So when, when you create, and, and that's the part about that bothers me because, Chuck, you should now, independent of the Steve Wilkes story, because he clearly deserves it in your mind, and we shouldn't short shrift that. Why have you defended Kyle Shanahan to me in the past? Yeah, we've had private conversations. I was defended. So I used to be a, a huge guy against Kyle Shanahan. And then um, for all the reasons, you know, born a silver spoon in his mouth, his father gets him into coaching at like age 22 and comes up the ranks, you know, the nepotism football league and the white coaches network and all of that. And then 2020 hit. And I would say if, if, if someone changes, I'm going to change. I'm going to try to change with him. And 2020 hit, it was George Floyd and, and he shut down a practice. And I watched a um, 30 minute video of him and it's seemingly very very um sincere talk about how we have to do better um all of us do better and in my point hire black coaches and those sorts of things and what Kyle Shanahan has done to his credit is that he's actually done that right he's he Steve Wilkes who was hired but Steve Wilkes before he gave D'Amico Ryan's um, an opportunities defensive coordinator and and previous to that um, on his staff, who is now the coach of of Houston, a uh, Muslim Robert Sala was def defensive coordinator of Arab Robert Sala. Before that, he had um, of two special teams coordinators. One was black. So he's pretty much outside of like like Bruce Arians. No one's hired more black coordinators. There are no offense coordinators because Kyle Shanahan himself is really the offensive coordinator. And so I have to give that credit was credit due. He backed up what he said. And now I have two theories about this. This is theory one is Kyle Shanahan um, reverting back to his uh, 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 privileged ways and not being fair to Steve Wilkes. And another theory is this Nick Bosa, who, who had made a lot of mistakes, and Nick Bosa got a little bit of racist past in there, whatever. But Nick Bosa made comments and said we weren't prepared. And if Nick Bosa, your top lineman, went to Shanahan and was like complaining, it's not like out of the ordinary for like a coach to back up their uh, a great player, even if that great player is wrong. And even if that great player made a racist assessment, it's possible that had an influence because Ms. Bolt Bosa was biting on the run all day. He had a terrible game for a Nick Bosa. Bosa had an and, awful game that was actually, yeah. I read, was against the game plan that he was supposed yeah. to do, that he kept, as they say, diving to the middle. Instead yes. Of so what is Nick Bosa going to do? The great lineman who just got a gazillion dollar contract. He buried Steve Wilkes. And that also puts some pressure on Shannon. I wonder if he says nothing. Is, is Steve Wilkes there? You know, I'm wondering about that. So but here's the thing. The proof is in the pudding. As I said, the 19 points in regulation out of 18 playoff games is the third fewest. So the proof is in the pudding. Show me all the coordinators who've been shutting down Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Give me the list because it doesn't exist. But you know what? Let's get go with the black man. That's what happened. It does remind me pretty strongly of the uh, words of, um, oh, my goodness, I'm blanking on her name. But there's an amazing comic who talks about that, about how when all else fails, that's what you do. But since I can't remember her name, I'm not going to replicate her joke because that just won't work. But I do want to throw it to Katia Stipp because we only have a few minutes left and I know we want to do more to support WPFW. Uh oh. You okay, Katia? Oh, oh you can hear me. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yes. I didn't realize I wasn't <laughs> muted. I'm glad I was quiet, though. <laughs> um, we do have some folks to thank. We want to say thank you to Anonymous out of Silver Spring, uh, Leonore Winters out of Owings Mills, uh, Owings, out of Owings, Maryland. Thank you so much. And um, oh, and beautiful. She is, I just want to bring up this one gift. She is um, getting the community pledge gift 
of the Middle East Children's Alliance. Um, it's a pledge of $120, and 60% of that comes to the, the station, and 40% goes to the Middle East Children's Alliance. We did not come up with that percentage. Uh, Pacifica's attorney did. And so we have to adhere to that. That is the way we have to do it to be within FCC compliance. So that is what we're doing. But it is a wonderful thank you gift, especially now because they are on the ground in Gaza and doing the good work. So that is an option at the $120 level. So we thank you, Leonora, for that. And we also want to say thank you to Marvin Henderson out of Ellicott City, Maryland. He says he listens every Thursday. You all, we are $100 short of the goal right now. $100 short. We can make this happen. 800 what is the collision worth to you? This is unparalleled listening right here. If you've heard this conversation this morning with Chuck and Dave, unparalleled listening, journalism at its finest, sports journalism at its finest, nowhere else except for, as I said, a few other places that we talked about, real news, edge of sports, what um, uh, Chuck's coverage of things, but there are not many places you're going to find this intersection, and we are proud and honored to have it right here. So please support that which you love, The Collision, every Thursday morning, 10 a.m., $100 to go, 800-222-9739, WPFWFM.org are the ways to connect. You can also do Cash App at dollar sign. WPFW, please, $100, we can do this so that they make gold, and we thank you. Mm. Very, very, very beautifully put. Let's try to make this goal, everybody. Let's really try to make this happen. The name I was trying to think of was Wanda Sykes, and I apologize to Ms. Sykes for not thinking of your name. Uh, everybody should listen. I mean, Wanda Sykes is super famous. She doesn't need me to, to lift her up. But sometimes when you do live radio, you forget names. But the name I don't want to forget, Chuck, is the name of this yeah, station, yeah. WPFW, right. 89.3 FM, your home for jazz and justice, trying to change the world one broadcast at a time. Please give, and when you give, you show your support, not just for this kind of programming, not just for the collision, but for creating spaces in our culture where we can have conversations that frankly aren't going to get shut down. Because and, too and many one, are feeling that heavy hand right now. I want to add to that. And if they're shut down elsewhere and we know they have a revolutionary spirit, like in October when Jackie Lukeman and Sean Blackman, were, as always, were talking about free Palestine, but it came October 7th, there by any means necessary, got shut down on another network. Well, WPFW, if you go 5 p.m. on Fridays to listen to Darker Than Blue, you can find Jackie and Sean. Um, and hear their voice. And I think that's really important. Places, other people who may get shut down for speaking truth to power, you know what, here's a safe place. And I always appreciate it from jump that we can speak freely, we can speak against empire, we can say free Palestine with our chest out. Always been that way. And there's, there's no repercussions because that's what happens when you are not funded by corporations and you are funded by independent people. Then you are the voice of the people. Wow, that was beautifully put. Thank you so much for that. Uh, let me and add- fellas, we only need, I just want to say real quick, we only need $35, you all. 800-222-9739. Come on. WPFWFM.org. Let's do this for Dave and Eton and Chuck, who do so much for us. Y'all, let me just, not to put it like this, but yesterday was a rough day. There's a famous quote from Oscar Wilde where he talked about being in jail, where he said, every day feels like a year, a year where the days are long. Yesterday, which is a really brutal quote if you think about it, yesterday was one of those days between the shooting, between a lot of stuff swirling around us all personally right now. There's just a lot of heartache in the air. And to know that there are people out there trying to support a station like WPFW actually gives us a lift, not just us here doing the show, but our listeners too, to know that they're not alone as well. So we're talking about $35. You know, think about what you can give, even if it's not $35, think about what you can give towards that goal to just say, you know, with your chest and with your wallet that you support us trying to create these kinds of spaces where people can be heard. Because, you know, rough times demand community. And this is how we create community that can sustain itself. That was, that was, my, that was my big plea, Katia. Do my best. 
Oh, Dave, that was beautiful. And yesterday was a rough day beyond belief. And it's the thing is, it's, we've been in rough days. This, this whole period, it's just been yeah. like one moving cloud, you know, and, and, it, and, and it lifts sometimes when we're in solidarity, when we're in community, but then we have to go and do the hard work. And we ask you $35. It's so simple. You all, you know, who are you boycotting right now? <laughs> Take that money <laughs> and, and give it to us. Because you not. <laughs> well, you know, I wasn't gonna name names, but hey, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, pass it up, pass it up. And honestly, there's so many good independent coffee shops. There's no reason to go there, frankly. Oh. So please, thirty-five dollars is all we're asking. Eight hundred two 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 nine seven three nine wpfwfm.org. I know that there's someone within our voices, gentlemen, that understands the mission and the message and the work that you're trying to do. And Dave is absolutely right. Chuck is right. We don't do this for us. We don't do this for us. They are volunteers. I get a modest salary. We do this for the community. This is why we're here. This is what matters, the listener. It matters that those people out there right now feeling very hopeless about what's happening may turn on to WPFW and understand there is a place that is reporting something other than this APAC um, sanctioned narrative that we have going on right now. They're, they know there's a place where free Palestine will be said and said as, as Chuck said so beautifully with full chest and proudly because everyone deserves freedom. It's not just for some. This is a racial equity issue. This is a food justice issue. This is an issue on many levels. And wherever you plug into the issue, know that WPFW is there and fighting with you, giving you the information you need. 800-222-9739, $35 to go. I keep updating the screen, hoping it'll flip over. I know it will. Gentlemen, I'm going to give it back to you. I'll give the number one more time. I can't help myself. 800-222-9739-WPFWFM.org are the ways to connect with this. Freedom is not free. Remember that. Freedom is not free. But it is critical, critical to the world that we want to inhabit. Beautifully put. Katia, it is such an honor to do this with you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure. The uh, honor is mine with yeah. you all. Chuck, we'll find that. Do it with you. Shout out to Etan for being sometimes the person with the candle in the rain. And to everybody out there listening, please stay frosty. We are out of here. Peace. Gil Scott Heron said the revolution will not be televised. And yet we've seen oppression, suffering, and resistance streamed in real time across this country and around the world, from Palestine to D.C. In times like these, it's imperative to have a station like WPFW that centers justice, reflects hope, and fosters solidarity throughout our music and public affairs programming. From February 4th through the 24th, we offer you the opportunity to partner with us in this critical work of liberation, by donating during our Winter Pledge Drive and ensuring that WPFW will be here to chronicle the revolution. WPFW, Revolutionary Radio for Revolutionary Times. Collective Voices and the Francis Gregory Neighborhood Library invite you to celebrate Black history through poetry from 3.30 to 5 o'clock p.m. Saturday, February 24th at 3660 Alabama Avenue, Southeast Washington, D.C. as they present African Americans and the Arts. Collective Voices, whose members are Lady Di, Sister Joy, Bernardo, and Billy O'Hara are known for their messages of social consciousness, inspiration, and empowerment. In addition to their original poetry, the celebration will also feature an exhibit by Washington-area visual artist Jason Keene and conclude with a book signing. This event is free and open to all ages. WPFW, building a better world, one broadcast at a time. The 15th annual Mid-Atlantic Jazz Festival swings hard on President's Day weekend, February 16th through the 18th at the Hilton Rockville, 1750 Rockville Pike, Rockville, Maryland. This year, they honor the grandeur of the big band era, 
featuring Delfeo Marsalis and the Uptown Jazz Orchestra. Grammy Award-winning vocalist Lisa Fisher with the Orrin Evans Captain Black Big Band and the incomparable Kurt Elling with the Mid-Atlantic Jazz Orchestra. Other performers include drummers Bernard Harper, Herlin Riley, and Marvin Smitty-Smith. Vocalist Renee 